Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Best in the World with Richard Parr. This week we are stepping into the cage once more with the UFC Hall of Famer, a pioneer of the sport, Bass Rutan is our guest on this week's podcast. He's a former UFC heavyweight champion, a former three-time King of Pancrase world champion, And we talk about a whole host of things on this week's podcast, including what he did differently after he lost to Ken Shamrock to then go 22 fights unbeaten. He talks about his friendships with his former rival Frank Shamrock and also his podcast co-host Mauro Ranello, who you may know also from Smackdown and from Showtime Boxing. The UFC Hall of Famer also talks about time management, acting and his bucket list. Find out what he wants to achieve in the next 20 years. He also talks about how he suffered with eczema and asthma and how he was finally able to cure himself of asthma using his own product, the O2 Trainer. It's a really great chat with Bass Rutan on this week's Best in the World and it's coming up in just a few moments. Before we do that, I want to tell you about 99designs. 99designs is a graphic design service and they offer whatever you want to get designed to talented freelancers from all around the world. So you might have an idea for a new website or a logo or a poster or a business card. You submit your idea and then all of these freelancers give their impression of what you want And then you're able to see what they produce and then you're able to work with these designers until you get the perfect product that you're happy with. It's a product that I've personally used. We used it for the Sportuccino logo when we launched that. And if you don't like it, they will give you your money back. So go and check them out. Go to sportuccino.com forward slash 99designs. That's sportuccino.com forward slash 99designs. And to be completely open and transparent with you, if you use their service and you use it through our link, you will be supporting the best in the world with Richard Parr. You will be supporting the Sporter Chino brand as well because they will give us a percentage of the money you pay to them to us. So not only will you be getting a great design, but you'll also be supporting this podcast. So that's sportochino.com 
forward slash 99 designs. Let me know how you get on. You can send me a tweet at Richard underscore par. All right, let's get on with the interview with the MMA star, the UFC Hall of Famer, Bass Rutan. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Bass Rutten, welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr, a former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And we'll talk about all of those different things, but... When I was doing my research about you, you have had such an amazing career and life from being an actor, culinary chef I've seen, you of course being a a fighting champion and all these many different things. Are there any things now that when you were a kid that you just would never believe that you've been able to achieve in your life so far? Yeah, well, uh, pretty much everything you just mentioned. <laughs> you know, I, w- I was very sick as a kid, you know. I had a horrible skin disease and a severe asthma and severe asthma attacks on top of that. So like every six weeks I would be in bed for a week or eight days, you know, not able to even to eat, you know, because I couldn't breathe. And um, so so, so needless to say, this, I was bullied a lot, you know, because kids don't understand skin diseases. You know, I had it in my face, over my hands and arms. So I needed to wear long sleeves and turtlenecks, and I was wearing gloves, these white gloves, so people wouldn't see it. So, yeah, you know, if you're in that position and you get bullied on a regular basis and kids calling your names, which at that age is actually harder than a beating, I always say. I, I You know, although I never had a beating, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, physically always strong. But, uh, yeah, that I would have never, ever expected that my life would make this turn here. Mm. Do you have any advice for any kids who do go through that to cope with it? You know, the thing is with this, with those allergies and uh, asthma, I'm, I'm just doing this uh, a charity thing, All Stars, uh, All Sports United. It's a, it's a charity thing, and I, I was talking about it. Um, you know, the, the, the bullies, their lifespan is about four years. You know, that's the only thing that they have, probably in high school. And call it, you know, once you go to college, it's already people don't already take it anymore so you know just write it out that's what i'm saying and 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 prove all these people who are who are saying bad things about you prove them wrong make sure that the glass is always half full thankfully i never was that person who sat down and went oh look at me i'm so sad i'm so sad i always flipped it the other way my way of thinking always has been and i have done this with everything in my life there's always people who have it worse than you and I heard about these stories. I heard about people who were completely covered in eczema. I heard about people who had to move to Switzerland or any other high country where the air is really thin and clean for their asthma because they would have the attack that I had for one week, this serious attack. They would have 365 days a year. So if you look at that, then you know that it isn't that bad for you. And if you're that person who it's that bad, well, yeah, I'll give you all my best wishes. That's really hard and hopefully it's... It, it, it goes away soon, but, you know, it's a heart disease. Mm. And, of, of course, being uh, an MMA fighter and, and taekwondo and all of these sports requires a, a lot of cardio. Would asthma affect you in that way at all when you were competing? You know, it always was, yeah. And, uh, you know, before, there's a bunch of great things that came out of it. First of all, um, uh, yes, I did need my inhaler. For I, I was carrying my inhaler with me comp- everywhere I went my entire life until five years ago. Uh, but even for my uh, world type, for every single fight, I always in the dressing room needed to spray my lungs open. You know, it's called exercise induced or stress induced. So, for instance, if I would sneeze 
really violently three times, my lungs would close and I need to spray them open, you know. And if I warm up, you know, if I take a sprint, for instance, like a 100-yard sprint, you know, it will be okay for about two minutes. Then the lungs will close and you're going to have to spray them open. Every asthma patient has this. But another a great thing that came out of this disease is, first of all, you know, it, it, it pushed me into the, into the direction that I'm now here. I don't, without those diseases, I don't believe that I would have been in America and I wouldn't have been a fighter. So, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a gift. It's really weird to say. I always thought it was a curse, but it's kind of a gift. And another thing that came out of it when I was 14 years old, of course, I spent a lot of time at the doctor's office. I came up with the idea. I saw a pair of lungs on the, uh, uh, on the, on the wall, a drawing, and I realized that the infection, lung infection, is not in your lung bags. It's in the, in the air pipe that go to the lungs, and they were infected. And I was always wondering why my, I would break my running times in track and field after having an eight-day asthma attack. And when I saw that picture, that poster, I realized, oh, wow, wait, I've been working out my lungs. I've been pulling air in through this infected area, which makes it very hard to pull the air. And then when the in infection is gone and the lung pipes are open, that's much easier for me to breathe. So why don't I come up with something that controls the air intake so I can actually train for this? And that product that I made up at 14 years old, I actually started making 15 year, uh, five years ago. And that cured me from my asthma. A lot of other people from my asthma. I have guys like Usain Bolt, three other gold medals. Everybody's working out with inspiratory muscle training right now. So it's, uh, you know, all, all the things that I thought were bad, in the end, they all became blessings. Mm, that's amazing. Uh, had, had something entrepreneurial come out of it. Um, what... Before you became a fighter, I see that you worked uh, as a bouncer and, and I believe, according to Wikipedia anyway, as a model as well. What was the worst job you did in those early days? Oh, the worst job. Um, I, you know, I always enjoyed working. I, I, I did a lot. As a kid, I did a lot. I, I, you know, in the supermarkets, I filled the, the, the racks, you know, with, with the food that you have to stock up. I uh, had two newspaper jobs. I worked as a dishwasher at a, at an Italian place. I worked on the farm, uh, vegetables. Then you know, I mean, I, I've been always been working, and then so so for me, work always came easy. But I, if I have to pick something, yeah, I would um, I would say that I would say the supermarket. But still, you know, I always enjoyed working as long as I worked hard. A modeling story. This is a really funny story. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and that I really didn't like. I thought I was going to do a photo shoot, and I thought it was regular clothing. <laughs> and, and when I arrived, they put me in all these really tiny Speedos and, and a few others, and we had to model them in front of a company. And that was the most awkward thing I've ever did in my life. I was really not comfortable with that because I never did it, you know. And you walk in front of these people with these tiny Speedos. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I could... Uh, if I could, how you say it, wipe that away from my mind, I, I would wipe it away instantly. And that was a difficult moment for you. And But in, in some ways, by trying all these different things, you must have been put in other difficult moments. Did that help you in your life, do you think, by getting into difficult situations? No, no. 
only way to grow is to deal with um, with difficult situations. That's where you grow. You know, if you try to avoid difficult situations, you'll never grow. You'll never become something. You know, you might get lucky. You know, you invent some crazy app or something, whatever it is. But if you try to steer away from confrontation all the time, you know, it's great to steer away from confrontation if you can. But you know, if you need to confront something, you need to do it. You know, and especially if it it, it starts bothering you mentally, you know, because somebody else does something. I tell, I tell my kids, I say, go to that person, tell what is wrong. Yeah, but you know, they're going to be offended. I say, what would you think if they came to you? Just flip the situation. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I said, there you go. So that means that if they don't understand, it's their fault. It's not your fault. You're coming with the truth. The truth will set you free is what they say in the Bible, right? And it, and it really is. If it's the truth, you just say whatever you want to say, but don't keep it in your mind because if you do, you know, you uh, it, it, it starts nagging you. You need to free up space, I always say, in your mind. So everything that you can avoid negative, avoid it. I, I fill it up with positive stuff. Mm. Was there one fight that you particularly learned the most from during your career? Um, yeah, my last fight, my last loss against Ken Shamrock, that, uh, that set everything in motion. That was literally the, the light bulb that went off. And I said, okay, you know, if I want to become a world champion in this sport, I'm going to have to learn the ground game because I was a striker and I went into mixed martial arts. And as you understand, with mixed martial arts, there's wrestling and there's submissions, like for instance, judo chokes and arm bars and leg locks, you know, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and, you know, just ground fighting. So I realized that if I needed, if I wanted to become a champion, I needed to work on that. Then I got obsessed with it. And, uh, well, I never lost a fight anymore. I, I, I never lost in my last 22 fights. So I had a, I had a great running streak. It, it changed my life. As soon as I decided it and I started working out on it, I actually won my next eight fights by submission. It was an, uh, it was an eye-opener. Mm. Obviously, the last few years, well, last many years, you, you've been a commentator and you do podcasts and lots of analysis on MMA and, and various different companies. What do you know now, having watched all of this, that you wish you'd known as a competitor? Oof. Um, you know, uh, food. That food is very important. Uh, I was always blessed with great genetics, so I, I just pretty much ate whatever I wanted to eat and drank beer and, and you know, just trained really extremely hard. Also training, I overtrained myself one time because I thought, I never I never did any homework. This is not the internet that you go online, you know, all the way back in uh, the 90s, uh, early 90s, and you can Google what is the best diet for me, what are the best workouts for me. You know, you have to figure everything out yourself, and I, I just worked out two times a day every day which is a very bad thing to do because now you're breaking yourself down. You don't give yourself time to recoup so you never get stronger. So, And I learned that the hard way. It took me three or four months to get, come back from that because I was completely drained. You know, I was 4% body fat. It was, uh, they found me. I, I was in the gym training and they literally found me because I just passed out. Apparently, when they opened the gym, I was laying there. So that, that I, would, I would pay attention to that. And, and another thing that I always say to fighters is, if you get an injury and the doctor's okay, doctor says tells you to take two months off, I say take three months off, you know, or maybe even four months off. Because we as fighters and any athletes, you want to continue to the thing that you love. And instead of one month, you take one uh, – instead of two months, you take one month off. But if you do that, all these injuries, and I'm here to tell you that because I have them, they will come back to haunt you once you start getting older. So take care of them. Mm. So I'm guessing you didn't listen to the doctor's advice back then. No, no, I did not. Absolutely not. I, have a, <laughs> I, I just thought the more I do it, the better I get at it. Mm. And 
you know, by doing all the, the many different things that you you do, you, you get to be surrounded by so many different people. Obviously, you've worked with Kevin James on movies, working with Mauro Ranello on your podcast, all these different people, the people who got you involved in, in Pancrase in the early days. Who are the people you like to spend, uh, other than your family, who are the people you like to spend the most of your time with and, and what kind of attributes do they have? Oh, well, with Mauro, I spend time. Uh, we do the podcast, and it's a really great way. He lives here in Simi Valley, which is about 20, 15, 15, 20 minutes away from me. And, and you know, we always clicked really well. We From the moment I met him, you know, that's when I wrote his name down and his telephone number because I said, man, if I ever find something for you, you got a gift. This is crazy. The world needs to know it. And thankfully, you know, the prize fighting championships needed a new commentator at the time, so I put him in contact, and that set the whole thing up for him. And he has this great career now, and, and he's always calling me. He says, oh, you did this, you did this. I know I did not do anything. You know, yeah, I give you the, the shot. That's it. But if you didn't have any talent, this would have never happened. You know, you're just an extremely talented person, and that's the reason why you're there. So Frank Shamrock is there as well. You know, I see him also every week. I love that guy. You know, and then and I have a few uh, a few close friends that I know as long as I was here in America. I, I made... <clears throat> when I came to America, you know, when you grow up, you you gather a lot of friends, and some of these friends become not such a good people later in life. But because they've been your friends on your entire life, you, you you know you don't you still hang out with them. You know you try to avoid a little bit more because they're doing other stuff and stuff that you don't like. But you know it's it, it it's the kind of your friends forever. You know and. When I went to America, I, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to pick my friends here very, very carefully. So I literally have five guys that are very close to me, and that's about it. And for the rest, it's my family. Mm. So you're almost saying that you, you agree with uh, the term sometimes of you are the average of the five people that you, you spend most of your time with. It, you know, it's uh, it's always important to, to know to, that your friends – uh, are on the same level as you. I don't. I don't believe in getting friends because they can do something for you. Because that's the wrong reason to become a friend of them. Mm. But you know, just good people with a, with a bright mind that you can call and say, "Hey, listen, I'm in this problem, and I know you're a financial guy. What do I do?" Boom, and then you know they fire back and another martial artist. And uh, you know, I, I believe in that. Yes, but don't become friends with them because of that reason. One of your friends is Frank Shamrock, as you mentioned. There is someone you you had fought. That must be a, a special bond you have. We do. You know, we fought it times, uh, three times. You know, so yeah, you start to develop a bond. And 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 Frank was already a friend of mine when we were fighting in Japan. You know, yeah, before the fight, if we had to fight each other. I would try to avoid him. I would say, hey, what's up? You know, but I won't go out to dinner with him and I don't have breakfast with him. I try to avoid those things. But then right after the fight, everybody would go party, you know, and Frank was always there again. We, we, we would hook up again, you know. So it was really that, – that, that's why I never got it with people who say, you know, fighting is violence. Yeah, well, let's, let's break down violence. Violence is physical damage, right? So that's football is, is violent as well. Uh, if you think about that, but it's excessive force is what they say. But that's not the violence I mean. I think once you have both two fighters signing up to test the skills of each other, you know, it's, it has nothing to – if I shoot hoops with you or I fight you, it's literally the same thing. I have no animosity. Sure, you know, once in a while you have a guy who really, you know, gets under your skin and starts saying bad things. And then, yeah, <laughs> you, you try to hurt him when you're fighting him. But that's 
that happened maybe three times in my Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Matt will be back with us on The Best in the World with Richard Part in just a few moments. Don't you worry. But if you're enjoying this podcast or you've enjoyed some of our previous episodes and you'd like to support our program, you can do that by becoming a patron. Yes, you can help fund this podcast and give back to this podcast by going to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash best in the world. Lots of creators of different art projects and websites and youtube videos and podcasts they all use patreon to help get funding to continue to do what they love and i love doing this podcast and i've been doing it for free for nearly two years and pretty much need a bit of funding to go towards it and if you haven't already if you'd like to help support our show just go to patreon.com forward slash best in the world and you can help support our program from as little as one dollar a month if you want to give more then great if you just want to give a dollar i really appreciate that thank you very much that website link again is patreon.com forward slash best in the world this is the best in the world, and coming up next is more from the MMA star, the UFC Hall of Famer, Bass Rutan. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. When you were competing back in the UFC in, in the late 90s, it was very different to what we see now. Do you wish you were fighting in this era, or were you happy with fighting and back in in ufc in those early days i'm i'm extremely happy with fighting in the early days you know i'm i'm in the whole ufc hall of fame in the pioneer section and the pioneers are the guys who, who made this sport so in a thousand years from now when people are going to look back that pioneer section that's that's a section that only can grow so much there only can be like 100 people in of less 
you know, and that's it. It will never get any bigger because, you know, we started this thing. All the other guys, all the other Hall of Famers, it's great to be in a Hall of Fame, but, you know, you're a regular guy. To be a part of the team, of the group that actually started it, you know, that is such a cool thing. You know, I mean, I, I started Pancras in September. That was two months before the UFC started here in America. That was 90, 93 all the way back, you know. So, yeah, being a part of that, it's really cool. And of course, in mixed martial arts, you have to know a variety of disciplines. And of course, uh, you started in Taekwondo, as you said, you then also improved then later in, in, in your grappling and your wrestling. Would you find it easier learning each new uh, martial art because of what you'd learned from the previous one? And were there any particular processes that you'd use to, to help that? You know, I've always been a really crazy guy. Like, if I commit, I commit, you know. If I, if we, we make a time, like, for instance, now, you know, the interview started at one minute past ten. I already texted you. I say, hey, are we still on? I will always be on time. I will always do my workouts. I will, everything I tell myself that I'm going to do that day, I have to do. Because if I don't, I can't look at myself in the mirror. It's a way that I train myself, you know. So once... I lost my last fight by submission. I needed to learn the ground game. But, you know, it's it's not something that I like because you get beat from it. But, you know, once you flip it around in your mind and you realize, wait a minute, let's become a real true fighter. And somehow I caught, I, I caught the bug or I got obsessed with it. Uh, people have no clue. I say this in interviews and they start laughing. I will wake up my wife. This happened six, seven times at least in the middle of the night because I would dream a submission. I would wake her up, put her in the submission, ask her where it hurt, would write that down, and the next day I would try it in the gym. I would walk through the house, let my wife, hey, come over, lean over. I would get her in a, in a guillotine choke, for instance. And then, you know, I say, are you getting dizzy or do you feel pressure in your throat? I say, pressure in your throat. Okay, so it's not a blood choke. What if I do this? Oh, yeah, I'm getting dizzy. Okay, that's a blood choke. And then I would bring it again to the gym. I would do two, three times a day. The entire house was full with little post-its, with combinations. I was just getting obsessed with it. Once I realized how cool it was and what a power it is. You know, if you, as a fighter, you'll be able to break or dislocate pretty much anything in a human body, what you want. You know, I can do requests. I can say, oh, you want shoulder? Okay, I'll do a Kimura. Boom, shoulder is out. Then arm bars, break your arm, your knee bar, ankle hold, toe hold. I mean, you can go on and on. It's, it's, it's a big power to have. In the early days, we thought that strikers were the toughest guys. But, you know, I, I, I really started thinking about this. I go, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's tough to get hit and everything. But, man, once a person gets a hold of you, you know, and you don't know the ground game, that's it. You're out. And they can choke you out. And choking you out, that means that you're going to be passed out. If this happens somewhere on the street, you know, they can do anything they, they want to do with you. That's a very scary thought. Mm. I fear for anyone who would uh, come come near or, or, or mess with your wife, because by the sounds of it, she, she knows um, <laughs> pretty much every submission move because you've somehow taught her. What, what, what's, what's she like? Does she know about martial arts, Bass? No, she's not into that. But you know, she is. Uh, she's something, man. She uh, she has no fear. You know, I remember it was this uh, Japanese person was at. A, we were at the Santa Monica Pier. They were making. He was making pictures of our kids, and they were very young at the time, like two and four years old. So my wife walked over to him and he says, "Hey, I don't want you to make pictures of my kids." You know, and he said, "Sure." So she 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 looked away. Yeah, it was the old cameras. So she turned away. And then she heard, chick, 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 chick. she looks, she's making pictures, he's making pictures again of the kids. So she, she went over, ripped the camera out of his hand, opened it up, 
pulled the film out and threw the camera back at him. You know, that's that's mama bear here. And if you meet my wife, she's the sweetest person. But when something like that happens, she completely makes a, a, a 180. And see, I'm afraid of her. So, <laughs> I think that, that that's how it should be, though, shouldn't it? <laughs> it? It really should. It really should. You said about um, being on time for, for this interview at one minute past. How do you organize yourself? Is there? Do you write in journals? Do you have a diary? Do you use um, phones? Uh, how, how do you make sure that you're across everything? Because there's so much going on in your world. My, my, my management, who have also, they can look at my, and, and they can edit my calendar, right? So they know exactly where I am. They asked me in the beginning if I was absolutely crazy. And I go, what? He said, you have for every, for every appointment, you have about three warnings before that and the day before. Like, so if this morning, yesterday evening, an alarm would go tomorrow at 10 o'clock, I have a Skype interview. It goes again at eight. Then it goes again at nine, you know, so I absolutely won't forget. And what I do also then, not only my calendar, I go into my iPhone and I take the, the clock there, the clock app as well, that alarm, and I put that alarm in because that alarm goes through everything. You can turn your sound off, you can do anything you want with your phone, but that alarm just pushes through everything. So I just make always 100% sure. And I know I don't need to do it anymore. I know I'm okay. But, you know, this always helped me. It never went wrong. And I'm that guy who says never break a winning combination. So I just keep doing it. Exactly. Are you someone who sets goals on a regular basis, Bas? Yeah, no, no. I, I think it's very important to set a goal. You know, you... Oh, I'm sitting outside here and this crazy guy came by. Um, it's, um, it's important to set a goal because then you can start working. You know, you, you, you put something down on paper. This is what I want to achieve. And then, you know, you're going to start working. What are the steps that you need to do in order to get to that goal? And visualizing and writing it down are two very important things because that will help you establish it. Plus, you know, things that you forget, like my uh, recorder app or my phone, you know, at night, you know, I come up with these crazy ideas. I grab my phone, I hit the voice recording app, I tell my idea, and then I go back to sleep. Now, if I don't do that, <clears throat> you know, at the all night, I, I can't sleep because I know that I have to write it down. It's a good idea. And, and sometimes you wake up in the morning, you go like that. That was not a good idea at all. But other times you go like, wow, that was actually a good idea. So that's the first start. And then you're going to have to work towards that idea. So set a goal, go for it, and let nothing get in your way. What's the uh, craziest idea you've had recently where you've woke up in the morning and gone, that was a terrible idea? Um, it, it was, uh, an, uh, you know, I, my, my a thing on my bucket list is still that I want to do just five minutes of stand-up, you know, in front of an audience. Uh, yeah, I crack jokes and I did these things, but stand up, real stand up, I never did it. And I have such a respect for those guys because I know how hard it is. Um, you know, just fighting in front of an audience is hard. Just talking, you know, something out of your comfort zone is really hard. So I really want to do that. So what I do is I, you know, things that I come up with, funny lines, I would speak in a funny line. I say, okay, work with this. Maybe it's a funny idea. But sometimes you wake up in the morning and you read it, you go, and I, oh, no. <laughs> nobody's going to laugh on that. That that was actually a very horrible idea. I don't know how it works. That in, at night or something, you think things are funnier than they really are. I have no clue how that happens. But the next day, it's not funny anymore. Uh, that's really interesting because that's on my bucket list as well. So I want to be able to do that. Maybe we should both set a goal for ourselves to do it, Bass, and see how we both get on. But it's interesting you said about that uh, thinking things at night. I've just been listening to a book called The Chimp Paradox by Dr. Steve Peters. And he talks about how the mind is split into your chimp, which does all the kind of 
animalistic attitudes that your body can bring and then the human which is kind of the more sensible things and it said literally between the hours of 11 p.m and 7 a.m all that comes into your mind are the things of the chimp and actually you should probably try and ignore most of them um so it's interesting how how you think of some of those things when you're about to sleep you mentioned about your bucket list there bass um if we were to do this podcast again in 20 years time what would you have liked to achieved in that time you know this is the i would have liked to achieve that the o2 trainer that that long training device is available for everybody i'm, I'm waiting now because i, I have 18 uh, medical journals in where it's 100 percent proven uh, what it does for you but i want to make that thing big i want to help more people with it that's i want at, in 20 years from now everybody to know the the O2 trainer that they say, wow, that was actually a really great idea. It's 50 bucks and it changed my life because, you know, everybody needs their lungs, right? I mean, the oxygen is the most important ingredient the body needs. It's the, the first one that if you don't have it three minutes, well, you're dead, you know, and, and, and then comes water. That's three days without water and three weeks is food. So let's focus on that first one. So I, I would have loved that. And in 20 years from now, I would have, uh, it would be great if I'm, um, I'm still in, 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 in movie or TV business. You know, I'm so stoked and I've been saying this for the last two months now because I did uh, a couple episodes for Kevin Can Wait. It's the, the number one sitcom here in, um, in America. And I was at the end of season one and then in season two, they called me and said, yeah, we want you back. You know, we want you to become a kind of a regular now on the show. And if you would read my interviews that I did in 1997 when I came into this country, you know, and they would ask me, what is your, you know, what, what, what are you looking for? You want to be a movie star? I said, you know, for me, the biggest wish for me is to be in an American sitcom, a comedy sitcom. I would really enjoy that. And now, 20 years later, suddenly I'm in it. So that, that is super stoked. So if now, 20 years from now, if I'm still relevant in that business, that would be great. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's been so good to talk to you today bass on on the podcast just before you go can you let us know how we can continue to follow your journey on social media please facebook that's where i normally post like uh, little videos that i make um whatever it's instructional videos or, or just funny things that's facebook.com slash bass that's an easy one and then bass mma on twitter and the same is on uh, instagram as well twitter if you ask me questions that's pretty much the only thing i'm doing I'm just uh, answering questions. I'm not that guy who posts a lot of my Instagram. You know, you have a lot of picture every three days or four days. Maybe, you know, it's not, uh, I'm not completely on it. I do it more to answer questions from people. It can be like a full-time job, social media. Bass, thank you so much for being on the program and thank you for being the best in the world. Oh, I love that. Thank you. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Great chat there with Bass. If you like your UFC, if you like your MMA, and you like the real pioneers of the sport, then go back and listen to my interviews with Ken Shamrock and Dan Severin. Yes, both of those UFC legends have been on the podcast and you can find them on iTunes. You can find them at acast.com forward slash best. And of course, they're on sporterchino.com. And to make sure you never miss an episode, 
please press that subscribe button on iTunes because I've got another UFC star coming up on the program in a few weeks. You don't want to miss that. I'm not going to tell you exactly when it's going to be, so you've got to press that subscribe button so you do not miss it. Also, if you want to keep across all of the news on The Best in the World with Richard Parr, we are on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page called The Best in the World with Richard Parr facebook.com forward slash best in the world with Richard Parr. We're on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Richard underscore Parr. You can also follow all of the episodes at Sportachino on Twitter. So keep across all of that. But until then, I will speak to you again next week. Have a wonderful time. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.